4: Look at that beautiful sight. Oh, we are headed there. We're all going to go this weekend. Uh Uh We're going to take the underground, which I guess a lot of it is not even underground in London. We're going to find the tube. tube. We're going to find out all the facts and figures about London, England, because Good Morning Football is headed that direction. Monday through Friday, all next week, it leads up to the International Series, an excellent set of games across the pond. Yeah. Welcome inside Good Morning Football, presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky. That game on Sunday morning that leads up to our show is Viking Saints. You can watch it right here on NFL mm-hmm. Network, 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Sunday, October 2nd. But there's so much to get to before that. Really Never is. that mind. I'm Jamie Erdahl. <laughs> that's Kyle Brandt. That's Peter Schrager. And a Super Bowl champion, Sean O'Hara, Sean is to my left today.
5: What's well, up the morning Sean. to you all? Wonderful mm. to see you all. And uh, we, we got somebody else that's, that's lurking in the background. Pretty man. Oh. One looking. of our
4: crew members. going yeah, Jason McCourty, uh, oh. in yesterday. he got on a plane, he wanted to leave us, and he went to Cleveland. Uh. Jason, tell us what's going on there.
6: Man, I feel like I'm Shregs. I feel like I'm an insider. I'm behind enemy walls. My wi fi still nice. connected in the Cleveland Browns facility, so I'm fired up to be here. Maybe I'll see some familiar faces later on. Okay.
4: Jason is in Cleveland because he's calling Thursday Night Football Game tonight Steelers-Browns on Westwood 1 ah. radio. And, um... Yeah, Jason, last time you were in Cleveland, you were a player, and you're telling us that you're in the facility right now, and everything still works. Like, did you have a fingerprint that they still had in the system? mm -hmm.
1: mm -hmm.
6: No, I still I had to come in through the other entrance. I had to sign in. There's nothing like being a player. Mm-hmm. Things are a lot easier. You just walk in, swipe your key card. Now it's just like, hey, let's make sure this guy is who he says he is. So, yes, I'm calling that game. I'm next to Iron Eagle, I'm fired up, sitting nice. next to a legend, getting a chance nice. to do that. So, Jamie, text me all the things that I can uh, kind of get under Iron's uh, skin with later Try to on. to contain
4: your giggle.
7: Real quick, Jason, question, very important question from the table. Any sighting of Brownie the Elf at this hour, yeah. walking around that facility, maybe underneath your chair? Anything? Any sighting?
6: Yeah, I caught him. You know the old folktale. He's going around doing those household chores. So when I first got here to the facility, he was sweeping, he was cleaning, he was doing all of those things before the players get here and the coaches get here later on. So Brownie the Elf, he's doing his thing here. Look out for Is him. Is that right?
3: I, I heard he went dark. He's in a casino with Johnny Menzel somewhere <laughs> right now. Good luck, 1. You
4: <laughs> said oh, it, not no. me. Oh for one. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, Jay, that's fantastic. Um stick around though. I know we're going to get your insights and in some of our stuff throughout the show. But until then, we're going to get right to the news with our NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport. Ian is up. He is counting down the hours like the rest of us until Steelers-Browns, which is seen tonight on Prime Video, plus it's available on NFL Plus, but there is some injury news that you would like to tell us about. What's going on?
8: Yeah, I thought when you said counting down the hours, you were going to actually count down the hours, which I was really looking forward to you doing the math on air and then inevitably screwing it up. Anyway, let's talk about these injuries while you figure out how many hours hours it actually is. Right. No, I don't think that's right. Anyway, Miles Garrett, the star pass rusher for the Cleveland Browns, missed practice on Tuesday with a neck injury. Somewhat alarming, considering it's a short week. And generally, when guys mispractice in a short week, they do not play. Not the case for Miles Garrett. Uh, he is off the injury report now, good to go. And for this defense, which came into the year as a pretty highly talented unit, certainly they need him and his ability to get to the passer. But they are not going to have Jadeveon Clowney. He popped up on the injury report. After Sunday's game with an ankle injury, did not practice at all this week. He has been ruled out. So the guys you're going to see fill in for him. Alex Wright, a third rounder, a very active third rounder from UAB. And Isaiah Thomas, a late rounder. Not that Isaiah Thomas. Those are the guys who are going to fill in for Jadeveon Clowney.
4: Hmm. All right. Good to know. Something Great. to watch, certainly. In Repport, thank you. We'll talk to you again later in the show. Speaking of that game, the Browns, they lost a hard-stopping stunner to the Jets last week while the Steelers... Fell in a tight one against the New England Patriots after an uninspired offensive performance. Here what here's what head coaches Kevin Stefanski and Mike Tomlin had to say as their teams prepare for another AFC North battle.
2: Uh, I think
9: you spend time uh, talking about it, and then you spend all of your time getting ready for Thursday night. And it's uh, there's only so many hours, so you can't you really have to use those hours to get your mind and body ready for Thursday night uh, because really anything in the past. Um, is in the past. Uh, We got to do a really good job of putting together a plan, but a plan is just a component of it. We got to execute that plan. We got to put our guys in position to do so and just really excited about getting back to work um, and getting back into a stadium, a divisional stadium, and understanding the the challenge and the opportunity that that we face this week.
4: So for the Steelers, while some fans were calling for a change at quarterback, the Browns fans were just frustrated, downright frustrated with how that game ended against the Jets. Needless to say, both of these teams could use a bounce-back win, but which one needs it more? Mm.
7: I, I, I can't go through that Cleveland finish in 90 seconds at the end of the game and not think that they need to wash the stench off that loss more than any team in the NFL needs to wash the stench. They're up 13 points late, and the visuals are wild. They're re-airing this game on NFL Network. Yeah. And there's Stefanski coaching, watching his team melt down in epic fashion. And there are children behind him ready to go on the game. That's a Watson jersey, but children behind him ready yeah. to go onto the field. Those kids. And, and like, this is what's going on. And... This is how I feel for all Browns fans. How do you explain this to the next generation of Browns fans? Yeah. That, hey, sometimes this happens with our organization. Sometimes this is what we are. <laughs> this was a game that felt so, so, yeah. so catastrophic at the end, where like you're watching it happen, and it's like a train falling off the tracks. Like, Please, someone stop it. Put it back on. Mm-mm. You got to get rid of that stench. Think about what we'd be doing right now if they had just held on to a thirteen. 13- Forget 14-point lead if York makes it a 13-point lead. And we'd be like, Browns are two and two. Oh. No. Chubb and Hunt are unstoppable. Yeah. There's a whole, it's us against the world mentality. Yeah, yeah. We mm-hmm. overlooked Brissett. <laughs> now they're one and one and it's an elf logo and the Browns and it's, we've got it. They're at home. They can't lose another. And think about the quarterbacks they would have lost to in the last week. 38-year-old Joe Flacco mm. and Mitchell Trubisky, who's coming in here, mm. with a lot of people wondering whether he's the guy. Yeah. I, I, one and two after that, the, both at home, those losses, yeah. that's a bad it's way rough. to start the season. You win this game, you're 2-1, yeah. and one. the Bengals have to win on the weekend, and, like, you're in a good yeah. spot you got to get a win if yeah. you're the Browns.
3: In that yeah. kid's defense, that might have been a Phil Dawson jersey. It could have been, we, we I, I uh, could have saying, been a yeah, Phil Dawson, but yeah. we don't know. Let's hope, yeah, because cool.
5: kickers are people too. <laughs> Listen, I agree with you, and I'm going to you know, shout out to the Cranberries. You can't let this linger, all right? You, there you, go. you, yeah, they are. you go. Brownie the Elf is in the building right now. You just heard it from Jason McCourty. They're they're trying to clean that stench out, trying to get it, get it out of their system. Look, the Browns blew it, and, and – I've been there for those games. And guess what? You're right, Shregs. This is us. (laughs) This is us. This is not the first time this happened. But when Nick Chubb scored the the go-ahead touchdown, or the the, the add to the lead, 31 to 17, right? So you're up up 14 points. 30 to 17. 30 to 17. You're up 13 points. I mean, that's a wrap. Like, everybody's talking about, hey, what are we doing after the game? And yet, 123 yards they gave up defensively. This was a complete meltdown right now. So... Look, if you're Joe Woods, I mean, you're, you're scratching your head. What do I need to do? I, I've, got to, I've got to find a way to put out the fire. We've got to do it without Jadavion Clowney as well. Um, I think this rivalry, too, when you think about it, like the Steelers swept them last year. Uh, the last time the Browns beat them was when, when Baker was there. Yeah. It, was, it was week 17, I think, week 16. But I just think about the dominance that the Steelers have had in this, in this, in this matchup. That's ben right. Roethlisberger in his career when he was there in Pittsburgh, it, it was a wash. He was 25-2. and two. Yeah. Mm. Oh, my God. All time against the Browns in the regular season. Like, that's how dominant that this series has been. So for the Browns, got to wash the stench out, and they got to get back in the Ws. I,
3: I can't find any way to bend over backwards and answer this question with the Steelers. I can't. <laughs> I, I really I'll can't. I'll do it for you. Okay, I, Jamie, I'm fascinated to hear where you would go with that. They lost a tough game to the Patriots, it happens. That's one of the top five worst losses in Browns history. In history. Now, listen, you got the crazy ones like the drive and the fumble, and those are more infamous. Those are a little mistake at the end of the game. John Elway was too good. Um, the Browns had to do 20 things wrong to lose that game. If they did 19, they win. They did 20. They did all 20. And early in the season, like this is where it starts to manifest, and we're like, ah, we have our mojo's off. We... Has the team ever had a players-only meeting at one-on-one? That's what they had this week. A players-only, no coaches. Like, I've never heard of that before, a one-on-one team being like, we gotta just get this out now. And it's almost deserved. You got Denzel Ward on Twitter saying it wasn't my fault. Nobody coming at me, like correcting people who says that he blew the coverage, which points fingers at other guys. Uh, If Stefanski wasn't cool, I guarantee they would have burned the game tape and all that other cheesy crap Mm -hmm. that teams do. Um, Honestly, since they moved back to Cleveland, I think it's it's in the conversation for a worse loss that they've had. Dwayne Rudd threw his helmet on the field once in 2002 and blew a game. But that's really the only one. The Steelers are the Steelers. Tough loss to the Patriots. Fine. This is one of those bronze losses like remember that week 2 loss when things that's when it all started and they got enough things in that program that organization going on against them to not have to worry about this you got to get that done now I mean this this is a really important game immediately week 3 or one and one fine I feel like I hate the term must-win. No, it's not. It's two, not a must-win. Back-to-back home losses. You you have to win this game. You cannot lose to Mr. Bisky, go one and two after that. You have to. I have to. Jamie, you're uh, up.
4: I attribute this Browns' loss to what I think is a very easily solved problem, which is really poor decision making to not stay in bounds and then score that touchdown instead, which as Peter, you said, like pad the stats, I get it. You want to log a touchdown in the scorebook. It was Chubb there yeah. that didn't that, that score the touchdown staying in bounds. You can fix that problem. Next time, buddy, know that you're under two minutes and stay in bounds, go down, we win the game. Okay, you can fix that problem. The Steelers have bigger problems, I think, on offense. And this is more of an existential what direction are the Steelers going from an offensive scheme standpoint. Alan Fanica was on our show yesterday, and he said... Cooled their jets uh, on the quarterback conversation until the rest of the issues offensively are solved, which means don't put this all on Mitch Trubisky's shoulders. They have to find options on the outside. You have to feature Najee Harris more. What is the identity of this Pittsburgh Steelers offense before you start looking at the quarterback position? It, it, it It is a wholesale issue, I think, in terms of what we saw last week against the Patriots. They have to find a direction. If they are going to be the Steelers that we know and that we trust, a team that makes the playoffs for the last, what, 18 years. Uh, is, it, they, have a, they have a bigger issue here. I am looking at the moving forward in this question, not as much at what the Browns and the, and the horrible things that they just committed last week in terms of mental errors. Mental errors you can fix. Uh, I, offensive identity, I think, is more the Steelers' problem right now. Jason, you're in Cleveland. Does that mean you're going to go with this table four against one, or are you going to go Steelers need to bounce back win more?
6: I love you, Jamie, but I have to go for against home right here. The Cleveland Browns, it wasn't just last week with the fourth quarter comeback with 90 seconds to go. And, yes, Nick Chubb could have went down, but even with Nick Chubb scoring that touchdown, they had a 99% chance to win the game, and it came down to defensive breakdowns. What Kyle just talked about, that players-only meeting, was for the defense because they're trying to figure things out. They give up a 66-yard touchdown to Corey Davis where nobody's coming. Covering him, and yes, Denzel Ward was on Twitter talking about it wasn't his fault. We don't know whose fault it was, but in Week One, Baker Mayfield hits Robbie Anderson for a 75-yard touchdown. They were up 20 to 7 in the fourth quarter versus the Panthers, and it took a late field goal for them to be able to win that game. They're being outscored in the fourth quarter, 34 to 19, in these back-to-back weeks. They have to find a way to finish and close games. And losing it the way they did this past week, they need a win here just so everybody can stop talking about the meltdown versus the Jets and can move on to something positive that they do against the Pittsburgh Steelers this evening.
4: Maybe you guys all went Browns because it, you trust the Steelers to write the ship kind of in their own regard. Like, at this point, the Browns have to show us something that we're going to trust that they're able to do this on their I
5: own. I went Browns because J-Mac's in the building. Yeah. I, have a, I have a feeling he's going to go talk to the DBs and get in there and say it's <laughs> great.
3: Yeah. I think it's nice that Jason finally got a win in Cleveland. I think that would be the first yeah, one saying, he's ever had. Right? <laughs> Congrats, Jay. We're off the schneid. Oh. It, <laughs> it, it, in
6: it, it definitely will. I don't, I don't know if they're going to let me in there to talk to the players, though, so we'll, we'll see if they have Actually, they actually do that. I don't
4: know. Uh, I'm guessing Aaron Rodgers, though, is not disappointed to hear that Mike Evans is not going to be available to his arch nemesis, Tom Brady. We said that he did not. When the Packers travel to Tampa to take on the Buccaneers, Rodgers facing Brady for a fifth and. Possibly final time. I really hate putting that in the universe. Like I, I just wish this would continue to exist because I think it's great to talk about. It. They're yeah. fun, you know, they're spicy players and when they play each other. It's just always it's just easy it's easy conversation. Aaron though is one and three against Tom Brady. So, what would a win over Brady mean on Sunday for one Aaron Rodgers? I think
7: it's huge for Rodgers uh, in a personal level, and I also think it's huge for the Packers. I know it's early in the season, and you can say, don't press any panic buttons. And don't... Packers don't seem to have their mojo just yet. I know they beat the Bears in week two, but a win over Brady, it's like, all right, we belong. Like, we are that team. I go back to last year when Packers lost that opening you know, week game to the Saints, and everyone's like, what the heck is wrong with the Packers? And they kind of won, they lost, they won. The... Then they went to Arizona on a Thursday night and the Cardinals were undefeated and Rodgers didn't have Devontae Adams. And it was like a total team effort. Rodgers was outstanding using all his complimentary guys. And then the Cardinals, you know, come all the way downfield and the Packers intercept a pass late. Gosh, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, we belong. Mm -hmm. We're one of these teams that we can do this. And that pass there was Rasul Douglas, who we know go on to play a huge role. I don't think many people are picking the Packers to win in Tampa uh, at four o'clock in you know in that humidity that we're gonna get in Tampa. I, I feel like if Rodgers and the Packers can come in there on the road and slay Brady, who they have not been able to since 2014, I think that's a major statement for the for not only Rodgers and it you know even a record from like one and three to. Two and three regular season, they has the playoff loss. But like this would be for the Packers, hey, we can beat Brady in his building. So then when we do play you mm-hmm. in January we're not scared of you here, there, wherever. There is no looming thing of Rodgers can't beat Brady, so I think it's a Packers thing, and it would be really big for that team right now.
5: Yeah, and for, certainly for that Packers defense right now, with the additions that they had and what they have going on a corner. I, I don't. I just feel like a win in September right now like doesn't mean anything. I, I, I don't think, like, in any conversation I've ever had about talking about who's the better quarterback or legacy, a game in September never comes into the equation. Now, a win right now would be huge for Aaron Rodgers, but I just look at the win-loss, I said that a side it's almost how does Aaron Rodgers play in this game because look they could lose the game and if Aaron Rodgers throws for 350 yards given what's going on right now offensively that to me is a win for him and I I know it's all about doubles and losses in football that's what the bottom line is with the NFL but this is this is about Aaron Rodgers and the perception of him when you, you look at the aspect of going against this Bucks defense it's not about him versus Brady he is, he, he's been rocked by this defense before. No, the no. last time we saw him against the Bucs, it was in the championship game. That he was getting sacked. Five times he went down. No Bakhtiari, which he's not going to have in this game, too. But I go back to, to two years ago in 2020 when they played down in Tampa, Aaron Rodgers was awful. I mean, he had a 34 quarterback rating, Pick six to Jamel Dean, um, throws a pick, another pick three plays later to Mike Edwards. So uh, Aaron Rodgers got to be looking at some of the film and saying, all right, Todd Bowles has my number here. I'm, I'm having a hard time. And then there you see him getting knocked down by Dominick I mean, it was a rough day of the office for him. I, th- I feel like how Aaron Rodgers plays and his stats are much more important than the actual win right now now for Aaron Rodgers' legacy against Tom Brady.
3: The Brady-Rodgers thing, we we love it. It, it, I agree with you. There's been no more impressive defense in the league than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Rodgers is going to have his hands full. And how weird is it that all the talk about the Packers' weapons that – they have the better, more experienced weapons and wide receivers in this game than the Bucs. Understand Ow. how big this is. That Mike Evans thing is massive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mike Evans is not playing. Chris Godwin is hurt. Julio Jones is hurt. Like that Cole Beasley thing, like he may be out there making 12 catches. Their number one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's Gronk's not coming back. Like all of a sudden <laughs> Brady's looking around, like, who the hell are all these guys? So I think actually Rogers, just with his dudes, it like actually has a better crew. So I don't think it's Brady versus Rogers, of course. And yet, They've played four times. Should we do just a little bit of eye candy? Should we do a little Brady Rogers eye candy? I have broken down each of their post game exchanges after Thank the four you. wins. Let's go to 2014, the only one that Brady lost, and just watch how quickly he is out of Damn. there. Goodbye, goodbye, gone. Now Brady starts winning. It's Pat, 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 come here, bring it in. You're, you're so great. Love you, respect you. And Rogers they, is doing that, Pat, hey, like I'm done. Oh, the oh, two oh, goats, and the I'll two goats, Brady gun like and gun. That. All right, now again, the one you mentioned, 2020. Brady, come here, man. How you doing? What's going on? This just all this conversation, and Rogers is doing the I'm done, Pat. Then they meet again later, of course, in the playoff game. Ooh. Terrible loss for the Packers. Rogers stone faced and ashen. The pat, the pat, the pat. Three wins for Tom Brady over Aaron Rodgers. The only one we've mentioned it at an audience now, eight years ago is the only time Aaron Rodgers has beaten Tom Brady. And look, it's week three. This is not going to make or break their season. I really can't get into the legacy conversations with a week three game. And yet, I always say for the next 50 years, Aaron Rodgers will be asked about Tom Brady. It's only two what you're saying about the last time we're going to see this. If that's true, is it because Brady is done or Rodgers is done, right. or are they both done? And if they're both done, that means they go into the Hall of Fame together, and I don't see that happening. It just—that no. doesn't work for me. You know what I'm saying? And it like, also means if they both leave in this year, it means uh, that one of them didn't win the Super Bowl. Right. So, uh, I I don't—maybe it is the last time, but I don't know why. Who is more likely to be done after this year? I would think it would probably be Brady by nose, sure. but— yeah. it, I can't imagine it being both. Just, I don't see the two of them going into the Hall of Fame together in five years. I don't. Really interesting. I know. Kind
4: of like how you said the universe can't handle an Eagles-Bills can't Super Bowl We're not ready for. Glendale. It. I don't think the universe <laughs> could handle um, two, those two Hall of Famers going in on the same year. Like, yeah,
3: I and I don't think those two guys could handle it. I think both of their egos are way too
4: that's big. What, that's what I... <laughs> you i Yeah, I yeah, know. Way not, too big. Yeah, way too big egos. So, um, remember how I wanted to hire a body language expert for um, Jimmy Garoppolo on <laughs> yep. the sideline with the 49ers and just like, what it was all going to be to mean like okay I, I can repurpose the budget for the body language expert for all of those post ga- post game exchanges so it's like what does it mean when one, one of them has their helmet on and the other one doesn't and I'm like are they smiling the eye contact how long did it last I am all I love this matchup and it makes me sad that this game in particular and I think this is why I hate reading that in in the script that this could be the last time because this game doesn't have like the quarterback juice that I want it to and it's okay. because of all of those absent wide receivers know, and also the disconnect that Rogers seems to have with his wide receivers from this season. He's in the preseason, he was trying to tell us he was having lunch with them to try to yep. get to the over Tom Brady doesn't have enough time to have lunch with the guys that he's thrown to this weekend. But it, it's Rodgers for me. If he wins this game, regardless of if it's last one, this is a bit of a mic drop for him, I think, because it has been not pretty. And, and he just seems like a guy who's going to be asked about this stuff. We have been on a roller coaster of emotions with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, it feels like in the last five years, I would say, we kind of ride by his mood, sure. essentially. And can you imagine the elation we would see, not just tomorrow, next week, but really if he is able to pull this one off and just make the score a little bit less lopsided against Tom Brady, I think we would see a different tune from Rodgers just in his post-playing day's career. Uh, I think he needs this one. I think he needs it more than Tom Brady. Jason, though, played with one Tom Brady, so maybe he has some insight into what this would mean for a win for either side. Jason, what do you think about this debate?
6: For me, I get fired up about this because I got a chance to play in these games. In 2018, we played against the Green Bay Packers when I was on New England. And just the atmosphere that it brings, the stars are out. It was Sunday night football. I think I looked on the sideline, 50 Cent was there in the pregame. So it's just a beautiful thing to see these two go to go at it. But for me, I'm with Sean. It's it's September, it's week three. If they win, the Packers are 2-1 and and now they're moving forward with their season. But I do think for Aaron Rodgers, if this is possibly the last time because one of them walks away. It gives him the last laugh. You remember when they were getting ready to go against each other out there playing golf. Brady took to Twitter to just continue to go at Aaron Rodgers. One of the tweets he put forward was he was just going at him. You see right here two old guys against two young bucks. Better get used to laying up because we know Aaron Rodgers isn't going for it. That was in that game where uh, LaFleur decided to kick the field goal when her down seven points, and Brady has always been poking that fun at Aaron Rodgers. So this gives him a chance to have possibly the last laugh as they ride off into the sunset. But I'm with you, Kyle. No way these guys go into the Hall of Fame. Even as a fan, I don't want to see that. When it's in Canton, Ohio, I want to see one of these guys be the prime ones going into the Hall. So they cannot share the spotlight. But for Aaron Rodgers, gives him the last laugh. Two and one, you're moving on to week four. That's all it means.
4: If that were to happen, the advertising dollars on that particular Hall of Fame induction night would blow out the Super Bowl from that season. People would just be watching that just for the speeches alone, but there wouldn't be enough time. If Rodgers were to announce his
3: retirement, Brady would play another year just to not do that (coughs) to be together. I'm telling you, it means that much. Yeah, we have to spread the parties out. Yes,
4: exactly. We just spread the parties out, Canton.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired.
7: Quarterback Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals are still searching for their first win of the season. Burrow said that he has deleted all social media applications from his phone to avoid the negativity he's getting online. Despite the slow start to the season, the third-year quarterback isn't panicking just yet. Take a listen to yesterday's quote.
6: Everyone is, is frustrated, but like I said, we're not panicking. Two games in, we got 15 games
9: left.
0: So it's all just take a deep breath and relax. We're, uh, we're gonna be fine. We're not worried about it.
7: All right, second we call We In or We Out. I make a statement. You guys tell me if you agree or disagree. Joe Burrow has removed Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all of it from his phone. He's just dialed into the present and the now, and his team is 0 2. The statement is this It is time to press the panic button. In Cincinnati, are we in or are we out, Kyle Brant? In, us
3: off. in, hit the button. Uh, let's go. There's one team in the NFL this year that has never had a lead of a 32 teams. in the Cincinnati Bengals. Wow. Uh, it's uh, life comes at you fast. One minute you're you're beating uh, Mahomes and Tyreek. The next minute you're losing to Mitch and uh, Cooper. Mm-hmm. It's rough. It's really rough. And I don't. I don't see how you fix it. There is not like, we got to get our mojo, we got to drop different schemes. They, they can't block anyone. Uh, he's I know he's not panicking. He's not standing. They're not going to add a new left tackle. They're not going to suddenly change their entire scheme. They don't have to play Micah Parsons every week, but who cares? Every team has good pass rushers. I tried to say the whole offseason that everyone is so and naive about the AFC and NFC title winners that they just think, oh, next year, how could you possibly doubt them? It's tough out there, guys. It is really tough when everybody knows how good you are, knows what you do well. It is very tough, and especially tough when you can't block anybody. Of course, he deleted Twitter, it, Twitter. Even Joe Burr doesn't want to block people anymore. Uh, <laughs> that's it. I, I, I'm, I'm concerned. I'm very concerned, and it doesn't look pretty at all, guys. It doesn't. Yeah.
5: Yeah, I don't blame him for deleting all the social media as well because, you know, he was the only one blocking anybody on social yeah, media Sean, well. I just made that exact, made that exact joke. Exact I, don't exact exact I don't know if you were joke. listening, Whoa. but he Two had seconds exa- earlier. Exactly exact yeah. Two seconds. It was so good that I felt so like good. people needed to hear it again. What in the yeah. hell? I'm, I'm literally, you're no, in my you head. You just ran the, play <laughs> <for>
2: the same <laughs> play on the second
5: That's down. how this, this show works. You're that was head. And I'm so on the same page with you that I'm just regurgitating the same energy because... When you look at it, that's the, the problem with the Bengals. They, yeah. All season all season long, how do you fix the O-line? Well, the two guys that they brought in, Lyle Collins and Alex Kappa, they're not blocking anybody. Mm-hmm. And you, you look at Joe Burrow. He, look, he's not going to throw anybody under the bus. I give him credit. He's taking this on the chin just like he always does. But, look, when you when, when you start at 0-2, everybody's looking at you like, okay, hey, the season's over with. Everybody's calling for doomsday. Um, I'll say this. I'm out on the panic button. You're not because I, I'm not panicked because – I've been in this situation before. Okay. I've been 0-2, and it's how you lose the games that really matter. There's 0-2 when mm. you're getting blown out. You're not competitive. The Bengals should be 1-1. Mm. Let's talk about Clark Harris right now, all right? Clark Harris. Long snapper. Cincinnati Bengals long snapper. Colonel Scarlet Knight. All right, he gets hurt in week one. Everybody always talks yeah, about who our backup <laughs> long snapper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that guy over there. Nobody actually cares until it's time to care. When Clark Harris got hurt, tore his bicep. He's out. All peck. of a sudden, that changed everything. Torres uh, peck. peck. Yeah. yeah. The backup long timer comes in. Both snaps are a little bit high. It totally changed the timing of, of Money Mac, um, and, and that battery aspect of it was a huge part of it. So they should have won that football game. Mm-hmm. I look at that, and I say, all right, that should have been a W. So there's no panic for that because it's how you, they've lost that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do have to fix, figure out how do, how do we block people. Got mm-hmm. the Jets this week. Their guys are running wide open. Jamar Got Chase is running wide Jets open. The Jets in New ball. Jersey this weekend. Mm-hmm. That should mm-hmm. be a win? We, we Jets could- in New Jersey should be a win, guys. You heard Peter say that. I'm asking you if you're the Bengals. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely.
4: We could have made that question from the first segment, um, who needs to win more, Bengals or Jets? Like, I think there's a Mm. couple of matchups this weekend that that question applies to. We we did it on the Browns and the Steelers, and now um, Bengals, Jets, feels like the same kind of question. I'm out on the panic, but mostly because I want to put a shot clock on it. Kind of how I feel about Mitch Trubisky. Like, your shot clock's winding down on Thursday night football. Bengals, like, you've got... You've got a week to figure this out. And if this question is asked of me next week in your own three, like, I I have taken the panic button. I have hit, like, super size me, and I am kicking it with my foot to turn it on. But, like, right now, right now I'm good. You're good because I think Joe Burroughs is a smart quarterback. I think he Mm -hmm. can rally the troops. Mm -hmm. I think they have seen this problem before, and they've shown us that they can shore up Mm -hmm. these offensive line issues. But you have one week to do it, and this is it against the Jets on the road because – Everyone is after you right now yeah. about the issues on the offense. The numbers line. are not in Big their term.
7: favor. Uh, in the last twenty years, only eleven percent of the <laughs> NFL teams that started zero and two have made the playoffs. That's not great. And I would also add this: um, maybe in their defense, TJ Watts, the defensive player of the year. Micah Parsons mm-hmm. might be the second best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Let's see how it goes against this third defense, the Jets. But for a lot of people who jumped on that that Bengals bandwagon, like this sure. is this is the NFL. There's ups and downs. A lot yep. of Bengals fans like think this is how it's going to be. It, No, like, Hey, you jumped on last year. You got to ride it out because that's football. Mm -hmm.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower,
4: On Good Morning Football Time for a Thursday night preview presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. You can find all the odds for tonight's game on the DraftKings app or online at DraftKings.com. The guys, they poured through the numbers last night and they gave us a pick and a line that they liked for tonight's game between the Steelers and the Browns. Uh, Peter went Deontay Johnson becoming an anytime touchdown scorer for a plus 240. Kyle mm-hmm. went Mitch Trubisky yeah. over 249 and a half passing yards on the road. And then Sean O'Hara... Pick Nick Chubb to rush over 99 and a half rush yards per game, In the line. The Steelers are a four and a half point favorite on that game, which you can see on Thursday night uh-huh. on Prime Video and NFL Plus. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL, and this week new customers can bet five dollars on any team and pocket two hundred dollars if they win. Download the app and use promo code GMFB when you sign up. You think Chick Chubb gonna Nick Chubb is going to be a one? Nick Chubb is going to be 100-yard rusher.
5: Yeah, he's played uh, seven games against the Steelers. Only one time has he topped 100. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like this is a different team, and they got two of the best guards in football right now, mm-hmm. Maya Teller and
3: Joel Petonio. So, give me some Chubb. Mm-hmm. Okay? I went for Biscay. Uh, Mitch is a survivor. This yeah. this is Mitch's last stand. I, I think if he plays poorly and they lose, it, it could be rookie time. But Mitch has shown that when he's back against the wall, he does enough. He gets by, and uh, I think he'll do it tonight. I do.
7: Steelers have three Greyhounds at receiver and Pickens. Claypool and Deontay Johnson. It's time to get them involved. I think Deontay gets a score tonight. Absolutely.
4: Mm. All right. Steelers on the road, taking on Cleveland. We had talked earlier about uh, who needs this win more. And at this point, the line Steelers, a four-and-a-half-point favorite on the road in Cleveland. Not okay. that far, though. Just hop on the bus and go home and play the no, first. No, it's not bad.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring—